everyone. Welcome back to our Golden Twenties podcast. My name is Sadie and I'm joined by my best friend co-host Tegan. And thank you so much for tuning in to another week of our Golden Twenties podcast. Today, we're going to kick things off by just talking about what we're currently listening to, sharing what we're calling our new What's the 411 segment. So maybe we'll start there. However, the main topic we're going to cover is talking all about getting laid off at work, pivoting your career, not sure what's next for you in your career, that kind of thing. We're going to provide you guys some actionable actionable advice you can apply to your career if you're currently feeling lost or recently got laid off, anything like that. I think you'll find this episode very helpful. But like I said, before we get into all that, tag how about you kick us off? Tell us what's the 411? What are you currently listening to? Yeah, well, I kind of have two schools of thought. I don't know. That's a weird way to phrase that. Two vibes, mm-hmm. I guess, of music that I'm listening to. Love so it. the first person that I'm listening to a lot is the musician Remy Wolf, who I first heard about her. She had like a viral song on TikTok. And then when I went to see Lord on the Solar Power tour, Remy Wolf was actually opening up for her. So I was like, oh, this is so random. Okay. It's that girl from TikTok. And ever since then, she just like reminds me so much of Summer, like all of her songs. Mm-hmm. And so I've just been like rocking out to that, trying to like bring the spring vibes. And like when I was in Mexico, like Remy Wolf was what I would listen to getting ready. And so I've just been yeah rocking out to a lot of that and then the other side is I don't know if you've heard of this because you're much more like tapped into the fashion world than me but apparently the trend for spring is coastal cowgirl which I love I just heard about this this morning and Mm -hmm. now my entire TikTok is just like coastal cowgirl and so that is also kind of like the vibe of stuff I've been listening to specifically Tyler Childers because I just love him. I actually had tickets to see him on March 16th, 2020. And that concert obviously got canceled. And so I just bought tickets to a music festival for this summer where hopefully I will get to see him there. But he also has kind of had like a little TikTok moment, especially like a lot of his romance songs and stuff like that, but I just love all of his albums. It's kind of country, kind of folk, really awesome stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Can you paint a picture? Like what does Coastal Cowgirl look like? Yeah. So like, that's a good question. It's supposed to be like, remember there was the trend of like Coastal Grandmother and it was like Nancy Myers movies. So it's Coastal Grandmother meets cowgirl aesthetic so it's kind of it's very free people like the brand free people so it's like kind of hippie meets like east and west coast meets cowboy cowgirl okay yeah i'll look it up because i haven't heard of it yeah but i've been seeing how it's like Get your cowboy boots. Yeah. And that's been the thing. Yeah. Like I feel for years now, I feel like cowboy boots are a staple. But lately I've been seeing so many cowboy boot like ads and I don't know, just like spring vibes with cowboy boots. Yeah. Lots of like suede and like yeah. fringy stuff That's still. exactly it. But yeah, but I just need to – match it to the coastal that's the part that's throwing me yeah it's because <laughs> i feel like coastal's kind of like preppy yeah so it's kind of like light airy like linens and light denim yeah. kind of 90s coastal but then the accessories are cowgirl so are cowgirl. Yeah. yeah so it's like you'd be in like light wash denim with like a vintage tee or like a linen button up but then you'd be rocking like cowboy boots and a suede jacket with like a cowboy style belt, that kind of thing. Love but it. I was like, this is yeah. very much a vibe that I am into. Yeah. And then I was going to say, yeah, I was like, wait, this is so perfect. <laughs> yeah. If there's anyone I know who could rock this vibe, it is definitely. Yeah. You. <laughs> I was like, this is my time to shine. And so then I've been listening to like Coastal Cowgirl 
playlists and they're, you know, a lot of Tyler Childers and all that kind of like folky country. There's like, it's called Indigo on Spotify and it's basically like country music that's not like stadium country. So it's folk, that kind of vibe. And so I've just been fully embracing that. I love it. I feel like that actually transitions into something I've been listening to, which is the band Wild Rivers. Mm. And Tag, I sent them to you like end of last year sometime. And I was like, hey, this is like not a Toronto band, but they're somewhat local. I think they're from just north of the city. But I was like, we should like keep an eye out because it's a girl and a guy singer and they just – sound so amazing together where and their songs are just I don't know I just love them I'm a lyric gal and like a singer gal so when it's good lyrics matching like an amazing voice I'm like count me in never mind like harmonizing voices I don't know it's just everything I love about like a kind of folk indie band Mm -hmm. so anyway so I was like hey if they go on like if they have any shows like let's go so i've been like stalking them <laughs> on spotify to see like any shows they announce i was thinking i would just see them you know at some dive bar downtown yeah. because i have this problem of listening to like indie folk bands on spotify being like i'm the only person who knows about them because right. <laughs> it feels that way you know when you're just listening to them on spotify but they're actually going on tour with the chicks this summer <gasps> so i was like damn these guys are a big deal. Yeah. I had no idea. I don't think they're coming to Canada, but mm. all of this to say, I don't think I'll be seeing, seeing them at a dive yeah. bar in Toronto <laughs> because they seem to be a bigger deal than I thought. But again, really great music. I wouldn't say it's country at all, but it's like folky yeah. and I guess indie, mm-hmm. but it's good vibes. Love it. Well, maybe not good vibes. It's like sad, heartbreak <laughs> songs. Those are my favorite. Yeah. But still, it's a vibe. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. If you're looking for a song to listen to by them, I recommend Neon Stars. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite. And then also, you probably know their song Amsterdam. Mm. Maybe you don't, but I feel like <laughs> a lot of people have been using it on my social oh, okay. feeds. And then another song I recommend is Thinking About Love. That one's also so good gets stuck in my head all the time love it yeah so there they are whoa i can't speak <laughs> they are the first thing that i've been listening to the other two things i wanted to bring up are podcasts and the first one is a no-brainer i feel everyone listens to anything goes mm. with emma chamberlain but i've just been like getting really into it lately and i don't know why i think Actually, I do know why. I've been going on more hot girl walks oh, okay. because one of my March goals yeah. is to move my body more, try to get my step count up. So I've been going on walks after work and just like one podcast episode is the perfect amount of time to like walk around my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, but Emma Chamberlain, I just find so interesting because I'm like, her and I are wired very differently, oh, okay. but it makes listening to her podcast so much more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So I just really love it. And she is extremely like, I don't even know how old she is, like 20, I think. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know. She just, I feel she's very wise for her age, I guess. Mm -hmm. And she's very honest. Yeah, that might be more it. Like, I don't know. It's just like a a good listen. But anyways, so that's one thing I've been listening to. Another one is a Canadian podcast, but she's been blowing up lately, and it's called the Wellness Cafe Mm -hmm. Podcast. And I've been really into that as well. I find we talk about very similar things on our podcast here, just really like how to live your best life and like, you know, healthy routines and mindset and, you know, all of those sorts of healthy habits to empower you to live your best life. So again, I just like to hear what other people are doing and like that, get their opinions on it. So I find that really great i find i don't know 
I actually started listening because she just had Ashley Tisto oh, yeah. on the podcast, I which I was like, that's huge. So I listened to that. But then all of a sudden I became obsessed with Ashley Tisdale's new line that she has at Target. Okay. So I was like then stalking Ashley Tisdale. Yeah. <laughs> it like spiraled very quickly. But all of this to say, check out that episode specifically of the Wellness mm-hmm. Cafe. But the, all of the episodes I listened to, which haven't been that many, but just a few, um, they've all been good and enlightening and inspiring. Yeah, I love, I feel like at the beginning of every new year, she does an episode a day for the first week. Is that right? I think so. And it's just like, I think how to set your goals for the new year and how to get like started on the right foot. And then it's like every single episode's like, okay, here is how you can make your goals a success today. And I just thought that that was like such Mm -hmm. a good idea. I don't know. I also really like her. Yeah, definitely. I started listening to her after all of that, but it's mm-hmm. nice to like go back. Yeah. Like sometimes I have a, I don't remember that about podcasts where it's like, you don't have to listen in order yeah. A or like to the latest episode. Yeah. You can go back. So Pick what you want. Yeah. That's been, yeah, exactly. Whatever topics resonating, listen in mm-hmm. on that, but it's been a good listen. Awesome. Well, I think that's it for what's the 411. And now we can transition into the main part of this episode where we're talking about getting laid off and how to deal with that. Unfortunately, it feels like this is a very hot topic, especially like in the tech world Mm -hmm. where all I see on my LinkedIn is like tech girls getting laid off and in my like networking group and on my TikTok. So I don't know. I always hear like there's so many people hiring. It's such a great time. But then it, it's also like, mm, I don't know, because I feel like the companies that are hiring aren't always like the best companies you want to work for or it's not like the perfect jobs you want. So unfortunately, yeah, this might be a uh, an accurate situation for a couple people listening in and I feel very qualified to talk about this because I've been laid off twice and fired once so I have all of the experience and I'm ready to impart my knowledge onto all of you that's honestly it's like you said it sucks when it happens yeah but the fact you're here and you're like, listen, ladies, this is how we do it. This is how we pull ourselves yeah. together and get through it, yep. I think is probably what somebody needs to hear because yeah. I think the scariest thing about being laid off is you never know if it's going to happen, mm-hmm. when it's going to happen, because it really can happen at any time. And I think at my work, we just recently laid off a few people and they were all like very high up in the organization. Okay. So it's like, at what point, you know, yeah, do you are you feel safe? Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like it really depends on the situation, depends on the company, but it's really hard to know when you're safe. Mm-hmm. Like, are they going to be cutting the new people? Are they going to be cutting the higher up people? Like, you just never know. So I think I don't know. It's just something, even if you haven't been impacted by this, I think it's still something to be mindful of yeah. and not to be like fear mongering or anything. But mm-hmm. this year, I think a lot of companies are kind of worried about this year because we've been talking about a recession for so long, yeah. you know, and I think slowly that's why we've started to see layoffs happening. And I think companies are still just like, we're not sure what to expect from this yeah. year. And if things start to go downhill or we start seeing some red or whatever we panic you know Mm -hmm. and again I think it's just something to be mindful of where it's like okay if this hasn't happened to you doesn't mean it can't you know so again it's just best to be prepared yeah 100% well and something that I feel like everyone says as far as advice is having three to six months worth of living expenses in a saving account or accessible for you. And like, I understand how hard that is. And especially like with a recession, a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck, but you need to also be prepared that if you lose that paycheck, 
what are you going to do? And this is, I've said it before, Mm -hmm. I think on an episode where we talked about money, some advice that I was given from a coworker that I think is really smart is he says every time that the bank offers you like to increase your credit card limit or to get a line of credit or anything like that, always accept it because if you have zero dollars and you need a line of credit, they will not give it to you. If you have zero dollars and you want to up your credit limit on your credit card, they will not give it to you. They'll only give you those options when things are going well. And he said, it doesn't hurt to have a line of credit and then have it sit at zero for your whole life. Mm -hmm. doesn't hurt you. Do that. Same with having a really large credit card limit. Doesn't hurt you. As long as you're still, you know, paying it off, obviously don't ump your credit card limit and then like spend all the money. Yeah, Yeah. that's not what I'm saying. But it's good. That can be a backup sort of safety net for you as well. And yeah, yeah, just a random tip to throw out. Yeah, I think that's a great tip. And for me, I think when I really shifted priorities to be like, okay, yes, like I have my savings Mm -hmm. accessible and a couple months worth was right when the pandemic hit when people were getting laid off because I was like, you know, prior to that, I was just like oblivious to it or I felt like I was so good at my job so that wouldn't happen to me. And then it was like all of a sudden a lot of my friends were getting laid off Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my God, if that happens to me, like you said, I have no income, I have no savings, what would I do? So it was also just like – good timing for me too where I just finished paying off my student loan so I didn't have that monthly expense anymore which allowed me to save more money so there is a bit you know and people who don't have student loans at all Mm -hmm. like don't have to worry about that and like I don't know I think there's a lot that goes into being able to save money that's what I'm trying to say and it is a privilege to be able to save money too but I think if you set your mind to it and you have a goal of how much you want to see in your savings account, getting there bit by bit, like you can do it. But that's why it's so important because, mm-hmm. yeah, you just never know. And I think that's also – we had Rennie on the podcast a while ago, but she talked about different types of savings accounts and mm-hmm. she recommended putting your accessible savings and this kind of like living expenses in a high interest savings account versus locking it into a GIC or investing it into an account that the money gets locked because for a certain amount of time or it's just an investment or something like that like you need this money or you don't know when you'll need the money so it needs to be accessible at any point yeah 100%. Another thing is even if you're good with your job, you feel like I'm killing it, life's good, the company's doing well, still continue to update your resume, your LinkedIn, and your portfolio Mm -hmm. because there's nothing worse than when you're like, okay, I need to get a new job, but I've got a day's worth of work here updating my resume that I haven't updated in three years. I've got to create a portfolio. I haven't posted on LinkedIn since I graduated university. Like that is just a lot of extra work to pile on yourself. And it's just like a best practice. I think of it as like organizing a part of your house, like you're organizing and keeping Mm -hmm. tidy your virtual documents and even like when you're laid off, you are walked off the premises by security instantly if you're at a company that's big enough to have security. So it's like you don't have time to be like, oh, shit, well, my projects were on my hard drive. Like, no, you're gone. Exactly. And so it's like keep positive feedback that people give you. Take a screenshot, send it to yourself. Big projects, save those on an external hard drive. I was lucky in one situation where like I knew it was coming. And so I was like, I'm not doing any more work. I'm focusing on backing up these projects. And Mm -hmm. like, especially when you're in a creative role, like my first job that I was fired from, there are like television commercials that I worked on that I have not seen since. I could not put them on my portfolio because they never got publicly posted to like Vimeo or YouTube. And it's like, yeah, I can go into an interview and say, I worked on a commercial for Visa, but like if you can't but back you it up, yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm yeah. sure you did. So 
that's another thing. And even if it's like you're collecting links of when they go up on Vimeo or if you're like downloading the files or anything like that and stats too, if you work like a job where you see clear numbers, I grew this social media account from this number to this number, like save those backend analytics as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think one big like light bulb for me, I guess, was when I started, I don't have a portfolio right mm-hmm. now, but when I did create my portfolio and I had like a website and everything, I was like these, I always viewed my work as like the company's property. Right. Like yeah. my ideas, you know what I mean? Like my ideas, my execution, mm-hmm. like all the hours I put into this belong to the company, not to me. But as soon as I started building my portfolio, I was like, no, this was my work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, of course, there were other people involved and it wasn't just me who made this project come to life. But it was just a different way to think of it where now any big projects that I do, even though I don't have a portfolio anymore or it's not currently live, it's still things that I want to keep yeah. in like a file on my own personal Mac rather than just on my company computer because it's exactly like you said Mm -hmm. who knows when an opportunity opportunity will come up where I'm talking to somebody about this or want to show them or even just like look back and reference to remind myself oh yeah I am capable of great things Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like I think it's just a different way to look at it yeah for those types of projects yeah for sure and then another sort of piece of advice is to continue to try and build your professional network and I feel like this is another task that's harder to do when like life's going good at your job but I do think like as nerdy as it is like post LinkedIn when you work with people like make those connections on LinkedIn because you never know who you're connected with and especially now like when you apply to jobs it can tell you like you know this person who works there you can reach out to them or whatever it is and then even if you're in a situation where you're hiring like it just makes it easier I feel like yeah definitely I think that would be like my first thing luckily I've not been in the position of being laid off knock on wood Mm -hmm. but I think that would be the first thing I would do if I was in that position where I would just reach out to everybody, like people I've worked with in the past, people that I met through school, like past peers, Mm -hmm. past professors, like literally anybody that's in my professional network, I would just reach out to them and be like, hey, like this is, I just went through this. Have you heard of any open positions Mm -hmm. or is your company hiring? Anything like that. And it's actually interesting because I didn't really think about that until somebody who, I didn't even work with them at my job, but they were like part of an agency that I worked with as a client, they got laid off their new job. So they like left the company where we were working together. Mm -hmm. Then they moved to a new job. Then they got laid off at that job. And he literally was just going through on LinkedIn and messaging people being like, hey, I just switched jobs, but I actually got laid off this job. If you know anything, let me know. Mm -hmm. And your first instinct being on the other end of it is like I want to help this person you know like you're going through your brain being like have I heard of anything like is there anything I can do for this person and you just never know because even if my company is not hiring him or doesn't have a position open for him maybe Tegan's company does and she mentioned it over dinner and drinks yesterday Mm -hmm. you know like I think your network is doesn't need to be big in order to have a big footprint like it doesn't need to be made up of a big headcount you know what I mean but it's like one person knows one person who knows one person and maybe that's how you find a new job or even find just somebody to talk to kind of thing yeah but I'm all about network honestly I've gotten all of my jobs through my network yeah I'm the opposite no I haven't gotten any jobs through my network honestly I did get a freelance job because the job that I was fired from, 
the person who ran the company that was freelancing me had also been fired from that same company. And so he was like, damn, you got fired from there. We should hang out. And then he hired me to freelance. But that is the closest, (laughs) which is like the opposite. Interesting. Yeah. But it goes to show what is it that there's like a phrase that's like rejection is just redirection or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's I don't want to say it, but I feel like it's kind of (laughs) accurate. That's the worst. It is. Yeah. I it's interesting though that none of your jobs have been through your network because for me yeah. I the quote that comes to mind for me is like it's all about who you know. I heard yeah. that so much through like school and whatever yeah. and I was very much since I only did a college diploma not a full degree, I was very much like banking on that because I was like I don't want to go to school for any longer. Right. I don't want any fancy degrees yeah. like I just want to start working. And luckily, it's been working out to this point where I don't need a fancy degree because it really is all about who who I know and people, yeah, being like, oh, you know, you meet somebody at one job, but then they move to a different job, then they try to recruit you to that job. And I don't know, it's just worked out for me that way. Yeah. And I think that's why I was like, it'd be my first instinct to reach out to my network if something like this were to happen because... They always got my back. Yes, 100%. <laughs> but yeah, I think though on that note, actually, again, it's more on like the preparation side, mm-hmm. but I think this is why you need to like treat everyone nicely and with respect when you are working with them yeah. because you don't know when you'll need their help down the line, if you're still working together or not. Like, you know, I think it's really important to view everybody you meet in a professional setting or at your work or networking events, mm-hmm. literally anything, viewing them as like you are part of my network now. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important perspective to have because even like thinking on both of our situations actually where we are both currently at jobs we used to work for years ago, mm-hmm. it's like had we – not had a good reputation for ourselves or not treated people with respect yeah. or didn't like nurture though that network with the people we were working with at the time like we wouldn't be able to go back there now and they wouldn't be willing to I don't know hire us again that sort of thing yeah. help us out whatever so it's like you just never know so always keep in mind that yeah you need to I don't know. Keep this lens on when you're dealing with people in your professional life. Exactly. Well, and if you are laid off as much as like it hurts and it feels like a rejection, don't burn that bridge because like Mm -hmm. Sadie said, a company I was laid off from is now the company I currently work for. And one of the freelancers I'm working with was someone who was also laid off at the same time as me. Whereas if we had been like, fuck this place and like smashed our laptops on the way out like this wouldn't have worked out the way that it did and so it's like obviously I think sort of the first step when you're laid off is to just like give yourself space and give yourself time but don't allow you know those emotions to I don't know become too public facing I guess like don't drag a company on social media I just feel like that's not really a great look kind of in the same vein don't like smash up Mm -hmm. your desk don't I don't know steal a bunch of stuff on your way out or something and just give yourself like a couple of days even weeks depending on your budget to just be like take a break like you're like this is my paid vacation if you're getting severance be like, this is my paid vacation. I'm going to chill at home and do all of the things that work prevented me from doing, like all the laundry that's piling up and all those books I wanted to read. And I feel like, I don't know, the for, when I was fired, I like went home to visit my family for a couple of days. And when I was laid off, I don't even know what I did. Oh, directly after I went to a bar with my coworker and we were who also was laid off. And we were like, we're just going to have like a drink and have a great night. And just, like, pretend this is, like, a fun Friday and, yeah, just sort of focus on, I don't know, the healing 
I guess, getting the healing started instead of being like, okay, time to go. What am I doing? Posting on LinkedIn right now. Like, it's okay, I think, to give yourself space and time to rest. Definitely. Yeah. I think like you just be feeling so many emotions where it will be overwhelming. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, that's why people kind of lash out and act out because it's like, I wasn't expecting like I feel so blindsided. I feel so angry. I feel so sad. I feel so scared. I feel so, you know, all these feelings, they just fester up and can just come out in like a outrage of emotion. But I think it is important to just kind of take a step back. And I think obviously I'm going to say talk about this with somebody. I think it's great. You know, you went out with a friend who was going through the same thing and you guys could talk about it together or talk to your family. Don't just let it eat you up internally because I think you can also fall into a situation of like, I'm so dumb. Why didn't I see this coming? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it literally could just eat at you in so many different ways. So it's best not to internalize that because you're already going through a hard time. You don't need to make it even harder on yourself. So maybe it's talking to a therapist. Like I'm quite sure there's therapists who specialize in this Mm -hmm. and like specialize in work related topics so you know reaching out to somebody getting help if you're having a hard time coming to terms with it or a hard time processing all those emotions you're feeling journaling about it like just getting it out I think will really help that's another thing I think I would do like right away Mm -hmm. and it's also just like the I'm also someone who needs closure so if I were to be like pulled into an office be like you're laid off We're going to escort you out and mail you back your things. I would be like, I would feel so off for weeks until I got that closure, Mm -hmm. you know, but talking it out and with somebody, some oftentimes somebody who's totally unbiased and like not involved in the situation, AKA a therapist can really help you find closure, you know, like them pointing things out or just, again, you talking about it to process those emotions, and it's kind of just like that cycle of acceptance, I think, with I would go through where it's like denying this is happening, yeah. going through all the stages until finally you can accept it. And then maybe that's when you pull yourself together to start applying to new jobs or fix up your resume or whatever it is. But it, I think where I'm trying to go here is you don't need to do it all on the first day yeah. or like the night you get laid off. Like it's okay to take time if you can afford to, obviously, um, and yeah, you're able to take time and then pick yourself up over time to figure out your next steps. Yeah, 100%. I also think it's a good reminder that like you're not alone because especially if like you're in a small company, there's not that many people getting laid off. You can feel like, I don't know, I, I've remember feeling like this is embarrassing because Mm -hmm. like I'm getting laid off at the age of however old I was like 23 like that's not supposed to happen to people like me but then it's like lots of people lose their jobs probably I don't know the stats on it but I would guess the majority of people will lose their job at one point and I remember we were camping once and we were playing a game and it was like, never have I ever. And one of the cards was like, never have I ever lost a job. And every single put up person put up their hand except for Sadie. And it was like that never even dawned on me until really then. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. It. I think it's just because of like, I don't know, movies and TV shows or the way you perceive your life you would think that the normal thing would be to not lose your job. But then sitting in that circle, I was like, oh yeah, I guess this is the normal thing, especially like working through COVID. Lots of people got laid off during that. And yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think a good reminder. And to also try to think of the positives as like, obviously allow yourself to feel the negative emotions and feel like the sadness and the anger, but think of this as like a fresh start or a new chance. Mm -hmm. If you're like, I've always wanted to start a business, this could be your chance or to become like a consultant or a freelancer or to start teaching or to go back to school or volunteer. Like 
the world is your oyster. All of these things that were sort of holding you back aren't there anymore, which can be like really Mm -hmm. sort of like, I don't know, a relief or freeing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think we're going to chat more about that in a minute because I do think pivoting your career, like you said, Tag, like if you lose your job, that's a great time to reflect and figure out your next steps. But even if you're still in a job and you're just feeling like you're ready to make a move or something, I definitely have some things to share on that in a bit. So keep listening. But yeah, I love that. I think it is, it's hard to focus on the positive when you're going through a really hard time. But Again, I think it's just part of that like acceptance process, you know, yeah. and like processing your emotions, but it it is a powerful thing. I think another important thing, so I know we talked a lot about, you know, taking time off if you're able to mm-hmm. or having your savings ready to fall back on should you need it. But if you're in a position where you don't have savings for whatever reason or you need another job right away, I think it is okay too to just apply to retail jobs mm-hmm. or service jobs, literally anything, and just accept it as a just for now job. Yeah. And that comes from a guest we had on the podcast last January, I want to say. But mm-hmm. I think just because, you know, you did one thing doesn't mean you need to immediately find another job doing the exact same thing with the exact same title and the exact same salary or better. Like if you're someone who needs income like right away again, apply to anything. Like you're not better than anything. You're not above anything because of a role you used to have. And you just need to accept something to get some income in Mm -hmm. while you figure out your next steps or like just have, yeah, kind of just like a job without it being like your number one passion while you're figuring out what you're passionate about, you know, so something else to keep in mind and hopefully help take the pressure off your next steps as well. Yeah. Well, in between all of my jobs, like when I was fired, when I was laid off, I freelanced and I'm really grateful for all of the opportunities I got to have while freelancing because I got to work on projects that I would have like never got to work on. I got to work on my first ever broadcast TV show, which in any of my full-time roles, we never did broadcast. It would have never happened. And it's like, that's something, I don't know. I feel like if I didn't do it my whole life, I'd be like, but what if I got to edit a TV show? And it's like, I got to do that because I got laid off. I also freelanced for Mm -hmm. a company that then eventually was asking me to do some work. I said I didn't have time and I connected them with my husband who they eventually hired full time and now works there and is the creative director of that company. So it's like he would not have this job that he loves without me freelancing there because I got laid off. And so it's like another way to sort of grow your network, figure out what you want to do, what you like, and still obviously make money, which is, I feel like the most important part of all of that. But I don't know. I just feel like it's all of the times where I'd be freelancing as much as it's like, I don't like freelancing. It's not what I want to do you can still get so much from that. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so that's one sort of piece of advice I would say is just not to shut yourself off and be like, like you said, I had this certain type of job. I want full-time work. Like this is your chance to try something different. If you've always wanted to freelance, this is your chance. And you can also make really good money freelancing. So it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, all negative. The other piece of advice I would say if you're laid off is to review your budgets. Obviously, this is not something you do your first day because, you know, emotions are high. But after that, check your subscriptions and stop subscriptions you don't need. Stop automatic payments like I have, you know, money go to my RRSP, my TFSA automatically. You don't need to do that if you don't have a source of income currently. So stop those kinds of things and put off any major purchases and instead come up with a plan to pay off high interest debt like your credit cards. And yeah, try freelancing to sort of pay off those debts if you have them. Yeah, 
I feel like that's good advice. Do you have anything for like employment insurance, severance packages, anything like that? Because I'm sure it's different in the U.S. than how it is here in Canada. But I think that would also be when you're kind of reviewing your budgets. I think that's an important thing to look at and understand. I just I personally don't really know how it works. Yeah. I mean, it sort of depends on your company, too. But gosh, now I can't even remember. Like you do get severance and it's based on how long you work there. So if you're under three months, like the first job I got fired from, (laughs) they gave me, I think, two weeks severance when they didn't have to give me anything, which I suppose is nice of them. And then when I was laid off, I was given, I think, a month and a half of severance because I had worked for a year and a half at that job. And okay. So you still get paid your normal salary, I believe. And then with unemployment insurance, at least in Canada, it's something like 55% of your salary. And you get paid Mm -hmm. that like as the same increment as your salary. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but at the same time, I always was able to sort of make it work because I would cut back mm-hmm. severely like I said I would stop all subscriptions yeah. and it's it's also like expensive to work so when I was laid off yeah. I wouldn't have to get like a transit pass I wouldn't have to buy lunch I wouldn't have to you know buy clothes to wear to the office and so I didn't find it was too bad and then I would also supplement my income with freelancing and then it also works you have to declare all of your freelance income or if you get a full-time job And then your unemployment insurance fluctuates depending on how much you're working. And so basically you can never make more on your unemployment insurance than you did on your job originally. So if I had a freelance client who paid me like $100,000 in a year, I would not be getting any of my unemployment insurance because they're like, we're not going to give you more money because you're clearly doing okay. And yeah, you just have to like submit your income weekly or bi-weekly. It took a while to set up, but then once it's set up, it's really easy. And then it just gets deposited like a paycheck. It was actually very similar to in Canada. We had like this COVID workers benefit thing. And so it's the exact same portal, everything. So if you ever, if you say worked in a restaurant and you were getting the Canadian worker benefit covid i don't even know what it's called but it's literally the exact same and yeah so it's surprisingly easy and very nice to know like i'm not gonna have zero dollars in my bank account when this comes in yeah absolutely yeah i think those were our main points on you know what to do Mm -hmm if you're laid off or when you're laid off. I think another thing I wanted to bring up is if there's layoffs happening in your company and you're not impacted, it still is an unsettling feeling, yeah. you know, and you your heart goes out for the people you know who got laid mm-hmm. off. Like it's really hard to remove that personal relationship and like that personal empathy for them. Yeah. So I think Often, if it's like a restructuring at a company or whatever the reason is, when there's a lot of layoffs, I feel like oftentimes HR reaches out and is like, oh, if you have any questions, need anything, like let us know. Like if you are feeling unsure Mm -hmm. or you want more information, like take them up on that. And I know the companies I've worked for also have had kind of like a hotline situation where it's like work-related anxiety, stress, like there is someone you can call and Mm. it's kind of like all through our benefits. So take advantage of those benefits and perks from your job, especially during these types of situations, Mm. because I think we have to give ourselves grace, you know, even again, if we're not directly impacted and our day-to-day can still go on, we're still getting paid, whatever. It can still be emotionally draining to be like, going into work every day and be like, am I next? You know, like when's it my turn? Am I like, when do I feel job security again? Mm -hmm. So 
just wanted to put that out there to validate that experience and just remind you to take advantage of the help your company's putting out there. Mm-hmm. 100%. Great. Well, I think we're going to talk about sort of pivoting your career in general. And obviously this connects because as we said, when you lose your job, this could be the time for you to reflect and be like, maybe I want to pivot my career. Yeah, definitely. I've been taking a master class from Elaine Weltroth, who I fangirled over last <laughs> International Women's Day as a woman who inspires me. But she has a master class all about designing your career. Mm. And that's exactly what it's about, is about pivoting and viewing your career as everything you do in your professional life versus one job that you have, one title that you're working towards, one company that you work for. Like it's really a series of events Mm -hmm. that make up your career. And you are able to pivot and change paths and, you know, go a different route at any time that you want. And it's intimidating, but it's also extremely liberating. So I wanted to share just some things that she mentioned in her masterclass. I definitely recommend if you have a masterclass subscription to check it out, especially if you're feeling lost in your career. I feel like I wasn't even really feeling lost, but some of the exercises she had in her masterclass, which I'll explain to you high level Mm -hmm. right now, they really helped me. And again, just like help my perspective when it comes to viewing my career. So the first thing that she talked about and I think is the biggest piece of the puzzle and like the hardest thing to figure out is what do I want to do and what am I passionate about? And when you think back on it, it's like you're asked that in high school Mm -hmm. to then decide what university program you want to go into. Like what do you want to be when you grow up? Like that's the number one question you get asked as a kid. And it's like, how are you supposed to know, you know, like a lot of the time it's through trial and error or you find something interesting, but you don't know how to make it your job, that sort of thing. So this is a big task, but something that Elaine mentions and suggests in her masterclass was figuring out your zone of genius. And I absolutely loved this because she was saying that your zone of genius is where your talents, your skills, your values, and interests all like collide. Mm -hmm. They all combine into your zone of genius. So you can think, you know, what am I good at? Just, I literally listed all of these things out. Like, what am I good at? Mm -hmm. What am I, like, what are my strengths kind of thing? If it's like soft skills, if it's technical skills, what do I actually value? And then what am I interested in? And then hopefully you can start to find some themes or Mm -hmm things that are like common amongst those to come up with a few words that define your zone of genius. And then the whole next step is then creating your career around this zone of genius rather than, again, just like one job. So it's like, if this is my zone of genius, these are all the different ways I can have a job operating in that zone of genius. So her example, in case you aren't aware of who she is, she Elaine was a editor-in-chief at Teen Vogue for a few years, but she was one of the youngest to get that title. I think she was 29 when she became editor-in-chief, and she was, I think, the second Black editor-in-chief in the Condé Nast-like empire, so she was just a trailblazer in the space, but I think she only had that role for two years. Obviously, she spent many, many years getting and building her career to reach that milestone, but she only actually stayed in the editor-in-chief position for two years before pivoting and essentially doing something else. So she left Condé Nast and now she's doing talk shows, she's doing speaking events, like she's doing a whole bunch of other things, but they all fall within her zone of genius. So her three words that she came up with to define her zone of genius is activism, journalism, and fashion. Mm. And when you look at those words, you're like, okay, yeah, Teen Vogue, like that makes sense. You know, like Teen Vogue is all, it's 
under her leadership, it became very focused on teens have a voice, mm-hmm. teens can be political, teens care. Like, so that was really her activism side of it, as well as obviously journalism. And then she's done a lot in the fashion space. Like she's been a judge on Project Runway and all these other things. So you can already start to see how if this is in the middle of a mind map, which is the next step I'll talk about in a minute, you can see how different things can branch off of the zone of genius. So there's publishing, which is all about the journalism, activism, whatever. There's broadcast. So now she's working in TV and on the fashion side, on the still journalism side. It's just not written journalism anymore. Like you can start to see how this all breaks off of her zone of genius and starts to build her overall career. Mm -hmm. So when I did that exercise, I was looking at all of my talent, skills, values, interests, and the three words I came up for myself, which it happened very quickly, Mm -hmm. but I don't know why, because I was like, this felt, I feel like I can come up with something bigger or better. But the three words that came up were self, beauty, and communication. And I have beauty in here because I just, I remember when I did like my, um, sorry, I've been chatting forever and I feel like I have so much to say about this. (laughs) When I did my birth chart and Mm. I learned how much Libra was in me and then I looked at what that means. It was like, you just want to live like a beautiful life. Like you have an eye for beauty. You have an eye for detail. And I've like, yes, that is 100% me and like 100% I do bring that into my career as well Mm -hmm. without even really realizing it. So that's why I chose the word beauty, not necessarily the beauty industry, Mm -hmm. but just I like design. I like, you know, I like beautiful things. And then I think self comes pretty naturally to me, like in sense Mm -hmm. of the podcast is all about self, like everything about me, goal setting, journaling. I just am very dedicated to self. And I think that extends into my career as well. And then communication. You guys know me. I love to talk. (laughs) I could talk forever. I love to write. Like I was that girl who always was like writing blog posts and stuff. And I don't know. I always found that very interesting. So anyways, these are the three words I came up with. Self, beauty, and communication. And when I look at that, I'm like, that really does tie into what I do Mm -hmm. in terms of marketing. Like Self is having a sense of self as a company is like having a brand, you know, and beauty is the branding of it and like the actual visual elements and campaigns. And then communication is all like the channels that Mm -hmm. I dive deeper into. So paid media and digital media, that sort of thing. So again, it, it kind of all fit into place for me, but I know that won't be the case for everybody. And you might like really have to dig deep to find these words to define your zone of genius. And I think also your zone of genius can probably change a little bit as you figure out more about what you do like and you don't like, what you're good at, what you're not good at as you get experience throughout your career. But for me, once I had my zone of genius, you I could go to the second step, which was really creating a mind map. So having your zone of genius in the middle, and I explained how Elaine's kind of branched out. But for me, it was, you know, the podcast could be on my mind map. Like Mm -hmm. this could be something that I view as part of my career, not just a passion project or, you know, something like that. So that's on my mind map. Then I have like my corporate nine to five, like marketing job. I could also do marketing freelance. Mm -hmm. I could do, I could go work for like a branding agency. Like there's so many ways that I can apply my zone of genius in a professional sense that all these ideas just started coming to me and I started just like writing them all in this mind map. So the idea is then to look at this mind map and be like, this is my career or like, this is my possible career. It's not just this one bubble that is my nine to five job, you know? So I don't know. It's, I feel like I didn't explain it super well. That's why I'm like, you need to take this master class. But I think just having something to think about in terms of your zone of genius, being a tool to help you maybe figure out what you're passionate about and frame it that way. And then also, when was the last time you did a mind map? You know (laughs) what I mean? Like that was also extremely just like got the light bulbs going in my Mm -hmm. head as well. But it was a very fun exercise and I feel it was very validating to be like, yeah, I am operating my zone of genius Mm -hmm. and like 
I that's why I enjoy my work so much, which is another big point that she brought out in her master classes. If you're say say your zone of genius is what I explained, where it's self beauty and communication. Yet I work in a finance job yeah. or I work on an accounting team. I'm not operating from my zone of genius, so my work is probably not fulfilling, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like I'm you know, living out my purpose at work or like it's not what I'm passionate about. So it's like, well, having that zone of genius to come back to can be very grounding and like give you direction in where to go next for your career. Interesting. I'm trying to think of what my yeah zones are. Yeah. Think about it. And yeah. I find it is helpful to like write it all down. Mm-hmm. Like literally just I've think I wrote it out in like kind of like a four quadrant yeah like split a piece of paper into four quadrants and had talent skills values interests and she was like go back to your childhood like for instance for me like I really wanted to be a fashion designer at one point and it's like okay well what was it about that Mm -hmm. that I liked so much you know and then even I started building websites when I was really young because I was a huge loser. (laughs) (laughs) But like that was the sense of like me figuring out I loved communication. Like that's where I got an eye for designing things. And then you have the fashion design. Like, I don't know. It's like just thinking back, not necessarily on what you've done in your actual career so far, like what you've been paid to do, Mm -hmm. but it's like, things that you've always dreamed of for yourself, where that comes from. Again, like the talents and skills, like everything in your life, regardless if it's been in a professional way or not, Mm -hmm. like when you take all of that into account, you can start to see, well, I guess you just get a more authentic zone of genius. And then from that, you can feel way more fulfilled in like an actual career that ladders back to it. Right. I think... I think my three now, which maybe changes if I think more about it, would be creativity, entertainment, and connection. I like that. We'll have to circle back. Ew, why did I say circle back, barf? We'll have to (laughs) discuss this more when I think about it later. I don't know why I said circle back. We're talking too many corporate words. Yeah. We'll circle back on that. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm cut off. No more speaking for me because I said that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, yeah, think about it. And I hope you listening also feel like your brain is wandering wandering off right now being like, what is my zone of genius? Mm -hmm. Because it is a very interesting way. And I think I already mentioned this. So sorry if I'm repeating myself. But then when you look at your mind map, like when you're in a spot of being like, what's next for me? Or like, how can I pivot you just kind of start looking at the other areas on your mind map, on your mind map. Like it's not necessarily a big change. Like it doesn't have to be a big change. Maybe it's just you start doing something, like you start freelancing on top of your nine to five job or you start a podcast. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, these are all things on my mind map, but it could also be a big change like Elaine did in hers where she worked for an editor-in-chief position and then left it all behind Mm -hmm. to pursue something else on her mind map like I don't know it's just very interesting I love that that is very interesting yeah the other thing and the last thing which I think really ties this all up um, we talked a lot about networking in the first half of the episode but another thing that she really talks about when it comes to pivoting your career is again counting on your network Mm -hmm. and building a support system to be there for you when you are making these changes or to consult these changes with. And I think a big thing in that is mentorship. So having somebody maybe who hasn't necessarily gone through it, but they're just knowledgeable about the industry that you're in, or they can give you guidance and like, relevant and helpful guidance not just like a friend being like it's okay you'll figure it out you know but a mentor who will challenge you and hold you accountable like it's just super important to have that and also on the friends and family piece like having just people who can uplift you and 
I don't know, be there for you because I think pivoting your career can be very liberating like we're talking about, but it's also extremely stressful, you know, like you don't want to make a change if something's going well, you don't want to risk it all to just try something else out. So it's important to have people that you can talk things out with who can be there for you if they don't go to plan, that sort of thing. So that was another big piece of her masterclass that I thought I would throw out here because again, I really do think it ties back to the networking piece, which it all boils down to for me. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. We should put like the link to the masterclass or something in the show notes so that people can find it. Yeah, we definitely can. And I just like this is my first masterclass that I've done and I just got like the year subscription. So I'm like, great. Every masterclass I take, I'm probably going to be like, let's have a podcast (laughs) episode debriefing this. And then masterclass will sue me and be like, bitch, they're supposed to pay $250 for this information. What are you doing? That's funny. (laughs) You need an affiliate code. Yeah. Maybe I can get one. Who knows? (laughs) But yes, very interesting stuff. Well, that's everything for this week. Thank you so much for listening. We put out a new episode every single Tuesday, so make sure you're subscribed to us and you follow us so that you see when those new episodes come out. In between that, you can follow us on social media. We're at our golden 20s on almost every single platform. And we have a Patreon page, which is the best way to show your support for the podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next Tuesday.